Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers won a game they were supposed to win, which is good because it was the game on the schedule. They beat the A's. Uh, also, in other news, the starting rotation is starting to come into focus a little bit. We got news on what the plans are, at least in the immediate future. We'll talk a little bit about J.D. Martinez's lingering injury issues, and we will talk about a text we got from a listener about the trade deadline and the idea of trading some of their prospect depth. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you watch or you're listening right now, then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Semperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we're bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode of Locked on Dodgers is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items, only exclusions apply. And yeah, the Dodgers pounded the A's on Wednesday. Is that what day it is? Wednesday night, uh, 10 to 1, jumped out on a huge lead. They were facing a pitcher named either Harris Hogan or Hogan Harris. I think it was Hogan Harris. Uh, Yeah, I think I decided his parents probably named him after Hulk Hogan, and that's why he... uh, has a Hulk Hogan style mustache, maybe. Uh, anyway, when you face a guy named Hogan Harris who uh, has an ERA over six and you're a team like the Dodgers, you expect to put a beating on him. And that's what the Dodgers did. They knocked him around. They scored seven runs in the first two innings and he uh, made it through a third inning, three innings, eight runs allowed. And uh, yeah, Dodgers just kind of dominated the way you hope they would in a game like that. And it's it's something that, we, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's almost like a no-win situation. It's a uh, you know, big deal. You, you, beat, you beat the worst team in baseball. Well, they're the team that was on the schedule. And, you know, if anything, these games are more important because these are the games that you're supposed to win. You know, Oral and Steven talked a little bit about that on the, during the game. And then uh, Jerry and, and Nomar talked about it on the post-game show. And then Dave Roberts was even asked about it after the game uh, by the media about these games that you're supposed to win. And, there's these games are the most important ones to win because they're already kind of penciled in as wins when you're factoring in how the season's going to go. And so uh, if you lose these, it's almost like losing twice because you're not just losing a game. You're losing a game. Everybody already assumed you were going to win. And in baseball, you can't assume that even, I mean, the A's have 30 wins this year. Uh, Not that's not very many. It's the worst in baseball. It's also 30 wins, 30 times they've gone up against a team that was better than them and they've won the game, including two and one series against the Braves, who are the best team in baseball. And so they are major leaguers. And and Roberts was pretty diplomatic about it when he was asked about it. But he also he didn't give the full diplomatic answer of, you know, you you might expect uh, one of those cliches. Well, they're all big league players every game. You know, can't take anything for granted. You, that's a good ball club over there. And we just got to go out there and do our game and 
you know, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Dave Roberts was diplomatic. He said not to take anything away from them, said that kind of stuff. But then he said, yeah, these are games that we expect to win. And uh, he was pleased with the effort the team put out. Uh, and, and that was kind of something that stood out to me was the effort. The Dodgers did a really good job of not taking this game for granted. Uh, and you can see it even in the first inning. Uh, you had the Dodgers within three pitches. They were already up one to nothing. Mookie Betts hit a double on the second pitch of the game. The third pitch of the game, Freddie Freeman hit an RBI single. Dodgers are in the lead. They eventually loaded up the bases for Chris Taylor. And there's one out, bases loaded. And uh, and Taylor hit a ground ball to third base. And he didn't take anything for granted. And neither did, I can't remember who was on first base at the time. Uh, I probably could if I thought through it. Maybe, probably Max Muncy, I guess. And nobody took anything for granted on this chopper that could have been a double play. And instead, Muncy's going hard to second. And so the, the third baseman, Diaz, fields it. Looks to second, realizes, no, no sure thing. I just got to take the safe out at first. But in that split-second hesitation of looking at second, because Chris Taylor was busting out of the box, Taylor beats it out for an infield single and an RBI. Uh, so instead of a double play or at least one out this for the second out, they get no outs and a run in. Next batter, James Outman, hits a ground ball to second base. Uh, or no, ground ball to shortstop uh, up the middle. That The shortstop takes it himself to second, and then Outman beats the throw to first base. So after two balls in a row that, could have been uh, double play balls. Instead, the A's got a total of one out out of it, and the Dodgers got two runs out of it. Like, I know it's the first inning, and, and maybe you're more intense in the first inning, and, and it was only one to nothing before those two sequences started, but it's still the A's. And the fact that the Dodgers were all out intense, like, and even later in the game, Ahmed Rosario uh, beat out an infield single. And at this point, it was 10 to 1. It was a meaningless at bat. But Rosario wasn't taking anything for granted. He beat out an infield single. And I love that effort against a team like this uh, in a game like this that the Dodgers, they played hard. And and Dave Roberts did his job of protecting players from the, from themselves. He took Mookie Betts out of the game early. Betts got three plate appearances and he was out. Uh, and then his replacement, Jason Hayward, hit a home run on the first pitch he saw. He took Freddie Freeman out of the game later. You know, you, you get these guys off their feet, but the guys who were in the game were playing hard, and, and I love to see it. Uh, it was, it, yeah, it, it was impressive. And overall, the Dodgers ended up with 13 hits. Uh, they had, what was it, 13 hits, three walks, and a hit batter. And so that's 17 base runners. I think that's the same number they had yesterday because yesterday they had seven hits and nine walks and a hit batter. Uh, so, yeah, 17 base runners in each of the last two days. You know what? When you get 17 base runners, even if you do leave, how many did they leave on base tonight? They left five guys. 17 base runners and still only left five on base. Like that's, it's huge. And uh, it was a little bit higher in yesterday's game, but you get 17 base runners, you're going to score a lot of runs. You're going to win a lot of games. And yeah, it's just the A's, but they were the team that was on the schedule. And by the way, yesterday during, uh, during this show, when I was reading the, uh, the sleeper ad I mentioned that Mookie Betts was going to Homer off of Hogan Harris. And uh, I told you to mark that down in your sleeper app, playing your fantasy baseball. And uh, if you'd done that, you could have won some money. You know, we'll talk more about sleeper in a minute, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, it was the Dodgers had four homers. Mookie Betts hit one. Uh, Ahmed, Ahmed Rosario hit his first homer as a Dodger. 
Uh, Miguel Rojas finally hit one. He hits bombs in batting practice. I went to a couple games last week, and I mean, that dude hits home runs in batting practice. He's got a lot of power, and yet it hadn't translated to games when pitchers actually tried to get trying to get him out. He had a long foul ball in his first at bat that had home run distance, and then later he did finally get a home run over the wall in left center field. So that was exciting for him. And then Jason Hayward hit his home run, four home runs uh, from kind of unlikely sources. You know, the the first homer of the year for uh, as a Dodger for Rosario and for Rojas. First homer against a left-handed pitcher for Hayward, and obviously 29th homer for Mookie Betts. Jay's, uh, Freddie Freeman had a typically Freddie great game. I think they said it was his fifth three-hit game since the All-Star break. Just ridiculous. Freddie's batting average is up to uh, 338 now. His OPS is up over a thousand, up at a thousand and two. Mookie's OPS is up to nine sixty four. So just, just dominant at the top of the lineup, and uh, good game. Way to go, Dodgers! Have a chance to sweep the series uh, today in the series finale against the A's, facing JP Sears. I'm going to talk about JP Sears in a minute when I'm reading an ad for Sleeper. So uh, I'll do that, and then I will be back to talk about. Uh, the some news about the starting rotation and what it's going to look like in the near future. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Uh, want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Uh, J.P. Sears pitches for the A's tonight. J.P. Sears has allowed 25 home runs this year. Left-handed pitcher, allows a lot of home runs. I feel like Mookie Betts is a safe bet again this time. Freddie Freeman's probably going yard. Maybe Ahmed Rosario hits a second one. Maybe Kike Hernandez gets his first homer as a Dodger this year. So many guys who might hit home runs because it is J.P. Sears pitching against the Dodgers who have the second most homers in baseball. So all you got to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more, get the right pick and you get the picks right and you could win big. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I just popped up screenshots of the interface. It's really easy to do. It just shows you the stats. You choose more or less uh, over under kind of stuff. Awesome way to play daily fantasy baseball and have a chance to win some pretty good money. And use promo code locked on and you will get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 or 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, I am back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodger your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you, you can catch every Dodger game on the radio, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app simply by launching the SXM app and searching for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked on Dodgers. want to thank you, uh, especially you everydayers who are with us every day. We love talking Dodgers with you. If you're not an everydayer, it's really easy to become one. Just watch or listen every day. Watch and listen every day if you feel so inclined. Uh, we try to keep these episodes to about a half hour every morning, every weekday morning, so you can listen to it on your way to work or you know while you're getting ready in the morning. Uh, easily digestible, fun, talking about the Dodgers with you. And we'd always love to hear from you. If you're watching this on YouTube, love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email. Always love that. Uh, I'll give you all that contact info at the end. We actually have a text message from a listener that I'm going to talk about in the last segment today. Uh, but before we jump into that, let's talk about some news about the starting rotation. Dave Roberts said before the game that uh, 
Michael Grove will not be in the starting rotation this next time through. I had thought they might go with the six-man rotation this time through just because they don't have any days off. I think they have 13 days in a row that they're playing, something like that. And so I thought they may go to a six-day ro six-man rotation to give guys that extra day. But they're not, at least as of right now. Um, Michael Grove is dropping out. Uh, so he's the casualty for Lance Lynn, which we had talked about a pretty decent likelihood of that. And uh, But now we know that that is the case. And one thing that will be interesting is Ryan Yarbrough. They still haven't decided what they're doing about Yarbrough when he joins the team. He's joining the team on Friday. They're not sure if he's going to be a starter or a reliever for them or a little bit of both. Uh, but it's not crazy to think that they could plug him into the rotation and bump Emmett Sheehan either to the bullpen like Grove or even back to the minor leagues just for purposes of, of innings management and development and all of that. Uh, either one of those options could be could be likely. Uh, Yarbrough is a guy who it's hard to get a grip, uh, like a total understanding on what they expect from him. Just looking at his stats, like nothing jumps out at you, but it seems like the Dodgers must see something in him. And so it'll be interesting to see what their plan is for him, what they do and how he handles that. Uh, and it could just be that they want him as another guy who can do, go deep in games. And that alone could be worth bumping Emmett Sheehan out of the rotation just because Sheehan sometimes he's gone six innings a couple times, but he's also gone quite a bit less than six innings a few times. And for purposes of saving the bullpen, they may just want that consistency of knowing they can expect more length from a guy. And even, you know, a guy like Yarbrough or a guy like Lance Lynn, these guys who are veterans who you're not worried about, you know, protecting their arm as they're developing all of those things. Uh, you can lean on those guys a little bit more. We saw them not lean on Tony Gonsolin in this game. Uh, we were informed before the game that he was coming in on with a pitch limit of 80 to 90 pitches. He ended up throwing, I think, 84 pitches, something like that, in five innings. It looked like he might be able to get six, but that last inning or two, he his pitch count started to climb up. And uh, and Dave Roberts said after the game that also, in addition to the pitch count climbing up, his his stuff was just not quite as crisp. And really – I mean, Gonsolin had traffic on the on the bases almost every inning. And, you know, it wasn't his best game. There were sometimes you thought, well, we're lucky he's facing the A's who uh, aren't good enough to capitalize on some of these opportunities. Uh, and whether that's the case or not, we don't know how many runs he would have allowed to a good team with his stuff the way it was tonight. But, uh, you know, again, that's who was on the schedule. And it was good to get five innings out of him. Yancy Almonte came in and pitched two innings. It was kind of interesting that, Almonte went over a month straight without allowing an earned run. Uh, he he got lit up on June 14th uh, at a game I was at uh, on my son's birthday, and then he didn't allow another earned run until uh, last weekend against the, the Reds when he got lit up again. Uh, but in between then, he was very good, but now he finds himself throwing two innings in a blowout game, uh, and and which kind of would indicate that he's near the bottom of the bullpen pecking order at this moment. Um, you know, uh, Almonte threw two innings, Alex Vestia threw the eighth inning, and then Ryan Brazier pitched the ninth inning. Um, and so that's kind of with, with Phil Bickford gone, with Justin Brule gone, that everybody kind of, that's the pecking order right now. Uh, Bruce Dargratter was the only guy who wasn't available in this game. Everybody else was available, but you know, that that's who they went with. And so it kind of gives you little hints about what the bullpen is going to look like as far as high leverage situations and who they're going to go to. Uh, and, and that makes sense with that right now, 
the Dodgers don't really have any bad relievers or any guys who you think, well, you know, because there were times early in the season, it's like, well, it's a blowout. Let's go with Brian Hudson or, you know, or, or whoever, Phil Bickford again. Uh, and, and they don't have those kind of guys now. And so maybe this was just usage. It's who we had. So let's go with that. Uh, having Michael Grove in the bullpen this weekend could help if, you know, Julio is pitching today in the series finale against the A's. I'm excited to see how he does. Hopefully he can use this bad team as a way to get himself refocused on just commanding his pitches. Um, he, like We've talked about it a few times. His stuff is still good. It's mostly when he does struggle, it's usually a command thing more than a stuff thing. And so so hopefully he can use this as almost a, a rehab start, a practice start uh, against a minor league quality team. And, and hopefully the Dodgers can get the win, get the sweep of the series. Then Bobby Miller starts the four-game series uh, against the Padres down in San Diego. That that's going to be a tough series. The Padres are a good team. They are they're only eight and a half games back now. The Giants beat the D-backs again on Wednesday night, which means right now, uh, looking at the standings, the Dodgers are two and a half games ahead of the Giants, and they are five and a half games ahead of the, the D-backs and eight and a half ahead of the Padres. So the Padres are only three games behind the D-backs now. Padres are only four games out of a wild card spot, although they'd have to leapfrog three teams, I think it is, to get into that last wild card spot. So it's not so much the games back, it's the fact that you need to you're you're that many games behind three different teams. And so you have to leapfrog them. That makes it hard. But the Padres, if you look at like quality of play, their run differential is uh, fourth best in the league. You know, the, the Braves are at one plus one fifty nine in the National League, Dodgers are at plus one oh one. The Cubs are at plus 77, and then the Padres are at plus 75. Uh, better than the Giants, even though the Giants are ahead of them. Giants are only at plus 26. D-backs are at minus three. Rockies are at minus 160. Uh, and that's you know that's kind of how it is right now, that the Padres are probably better than where the standings show them. And so it's going to be a tough series. You know, they're still going to get fired up. They are, they did a little bit of buying. They got Rich Hill and, and uh G-Man Choi uh, at the trade deadline from the Pirates. It'll be, they they made a few trades. They got uh, Garrett Cooper from the Marlins. And so they, they're going for it. And they're going to be fired up for the series with the Dodgers. Hopefully the Dodgers can come in and just blow them out and, and demoralize them. But it's going to be a challenge, especially on the pitching side. Bobby Miller is going to have to pitch his best game. Uh, we'll, we'll see how everything goes. Um, but it's going to be a tough series in this four-game series against the Padres. So Michael Grove coming out of the bullpen might be necessary if one of the starters doesn't get deep in the game. And maybe Emmett Sheehan by then will be also be in the bullpen for long relief if they do decide to put Ryan Yarbrough in the rotation. So we've gotten a little bit more clarity on what the rotation will look like. There's still some questions to be answered, and, and that'll be fun. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk a little bit about J.D. Martinez's lingering issue, what they might do if he needs to go on the I.L., and I will talk about a text message from a listener about trading from Prospect Depth. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you again to catch every Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app just by searching for Dodgers. And I want to thank you again if you're an everydayer. Love 
uh, Talking Dodgers with you. And if you're not an everydayer, become one by watching and listening every day. And we'd love to hear from you. So J.D. Martinez missed the game again. Uh, Kirsten, Kirsten Watson reported during the game that J.D. is going to go through a full game day preparation on Thursday. He won't be in the in the starting lineup, but they are hoping that he will be able to uh, be available off the bench. We'll see. It's kind of a weird injury because he he doesn't know what caused it. They don't even really know what's wrong, and he can't even really describe exactly where the pain is, and it'll come and go with no rhyme or reason. And so, you know, that's scary. We don't really know what to expect. And so while it's good news that he's pain-free right now, it's entirely likely possible at least that he could end up on the injured list. If things don't go well in his game day prep on Thursday, he could end up on the injured list. And if so, I want to talk a little bit about what their options are. You know, JD is just a DH. And so maybe that's what JD stands for. Just DH. Um, I like just dingers more probably. Uh, but obviously you've got two kind of obvious choices guys who've been in the big leagues already this year and are currently mashing at AAA. That's Michael Bush and Miguel Vargas. Uh, you know, depending on, you know, some of it would depend on matchups who you have coming up. Obviously they're, they've been facing a lot of lefties lately. I assume they're going to get Blake Snell and probably Rich Hill this weekend uh, with the Padres. Um, but then, you know, I haven't looked at how the Padres rotation lines up, honestly. Um, but we'll, we'll see who they face, but you know, so one of those guys could make sense, but I had a thought on kind of a crazy idea. And when I had the thought, I thought, Oh, that might be just crazy enough to work as I've dug into it more. I think it's just crazy enough to say that's crazy and not do it. Um, but I also thought it was interesting enough to, to talk about it here. Um, if JD Martinez were to go on the injured list and we've talked in the past about Austin Barnes and the need for him to, you know, need a couple weeks off to go on the injured list for a little bit, just get recharged or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, somebody pushed back on that idea, claiming the phantom injured list doesn't exist. And while it's true that teams don't just make up injuries out of whole cloth, the fact is at this point in the season, every player has something that would justify a, an injured list stint if necessary. Um, that's the nature of a baseball season and whether it's Mookie Betts, ankle or, you know, uh, Max Muncy fouled the ball off his shin. If they needed to give one of those guys a break, they could absolutely justify putting him on the injured list. The, it's no different with Austin Barnes, a, a catcher. There's something that could justify a trip to the injured list. If they so chose to do that, obviously you have to have a little bit of buy-in from the player. Uh, if it's not an obvious, you know, if the leg's not broken, not a clear injury. Um, but, you know, but I'm saying that's possible. If they did decide to do that, if JD needed to go on the IL too, what if they called up either Vargas or Bush and also went with Diego Cartaya, who is the only other catcher on the 40-man roster right now? And part of the reason you don't want to call up Cartaya is because at his age, at his uh, level of development, he needs to be playing regularly. That's what's best for his development. And so you can't call him up just to be the backup catcher because there's no playing time to be had there, and that's not going to be good for his overall development. But if the DH spot is open too, and you could call him up and say, you know what, if you're going to be up for, even if it's just 
10 days. Say it's 10 days with Austin Barnes on the 10-day IL. You're coming up for 10 days, and you're going to play six of those games, two of them at catcher and four of them at DH. And then you've got the other six games at DH to use, you know, either Bush or Vargas, whoever you called up, or, you know, a variety of players. But that gets Diego Cartaya six games uh, in the in the big leagues, getting at bats against big league pitchers. And yes, it does start his service time clock, but the service time clock stops again when you get sent down. Uh, and so, you know, adding 10 days of that, it's not the end of the world for purposes of that. They don't have to make a roster spot. If they were going to call up Hunter Fiducia or Patrick Mazika or, uh, or the other guy, uh, David Friedis, the, the guys who are the AAA catchers, None of those guys are on the 40-man roster, so they have to make a 40-man roster move to call those guys up. Cartaya is on the 40-man, so they could call him up. And, you know, the the problem with this plan, as I dug into it more, is that Cartaya has been sucking at AA this year. He's had some decent power. But he's betting 179 with a 609 OPS. He's uh, striking out in, you know, 30% of his at-bats. It's been, it's been a rough season so far offensively for Cartaya. Now, uh, 609 OPS is more than double what Austin Barnes's is. Uh, how would what would a 609 OPS translate to in the big leagues? You know, probably not worse than the whatever 252 or whatever Austin Barnes has right now. Um, but it wouldn't be good, probably. Cartaya probably wouldn't hit really well, but he does have power, and it might be, you know, the experience could be could be decent. And so while his performance at double a hasn't inspired anybody to make this move. It is something that's, you know, crazy enough to think about at least anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there for you guys. Last thing I want to talk about today is a text message we got from our buddy, Greg in Bartlett, Illinois, Greg contacts us through text message. I'll tell you how you can do that at the end of the show. Um, and he said, uh, Hey guys, like many or most Dodger fans, I'm disappointed with the results of Friedman's efforts at the deadline. It would have been great to get an ace-level starter, but that's not my only beef. At some point in their development, prospects are declining assets, and the Dodgers have too many of them too close to MLB. Also, they've got some positional weaknesses in the system, most notably left-handed pitching. Finally, there are issues with the 40-man and the Rule 5, so why not trade MLB-ready or close guys for high-ceiling prospects who fill positional gaps and are two or three ways away from MLB? Something like Michael Bush, Andy Pajas, Michael Grove, and Gavin Stone for a couple high-ceiling left-handed pitching prospects. I'm interested to know what you think. Thanks, Greg. And uh, I love the question, Greg. And I understand where it's coming from. I I think those kind of trades you're talking about are more the kind of trades that happen in the offseason. Because at the trade deadline, everybody's either a buyer or a seller. And what you described is really a trade between two sellers. Hey, here's some of my, my minor leaguers for some of your minor leaguers. Uh, or to, you know, not even sellers. It's like, yeah, I mean, however you look at it, most of these trades are a, a team that needs guys who are currently in the big leagues who can help them go to the playoffs and they're trading prospects for them. And so these minor leaguers for minor leaguers trades don't make a lot of sense at the trade deadline, uh, but they would make a lot of sense in the off season. And looking at the Dodgers, list of who's you know coming up eligible for the the rule five draft they are going to have to make some moves and i wouldn't be surprised to see some moves like that as far as specifically left-handed pitching i i i'm not that concerned about handedness um it's more about the ability ability to get outs most guys who end up starting pitchers don't have big 
platoon splits because they have enough pitches that they can handle guys from both sides of the plate. Um, but whatever their needs are, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Dodgers doing some of these two for one, three for one kind of trades, even among prospects, just to thin out their, you know, try to trade some of their depth for higher ceiling stuff. It wouldn't surprise me at all, but I think that's more likely to happen in the off season. But thank you, Greg, for the question. That's going to do it for me for today. Uh, thank you all again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Remember, again, you can check out every Dodgers radio game on SiriusXM or the SXM app just by searching for Dodgers. Uh, yeah, you, if you're not an everydayer, check us out every day. Just watch or listen every day. It's it's fun. We love doing it, talking Dodgers with you. Hope you enjoy it too. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince since ninety one. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.